we're going to have a good time today. Uh, we've got a bunch of stuff on stage, and, and we'll get to some of that. Uh, uh, we're talking, of course, about Abide in John 15. It's been a great, great series so far. Uh, I'm excited to see what else we get into with it and what else Pastor Joel uh, gets into uh, with it. Just heard from Pastor Jeff how Pastor Joel's doing, so uh, that's awesome. Glad to hear from them, uh, hear that everything's going good. Pray that his flights and all those connecting things and all that travel goes well for him, and uh, he gets home even earlier than what he's expecting. Amen? Uh, welcome to visitors. If you are a first-time visitor here or you've never filled out a visitor form in the back of your chair, there's a form there. If you will fill that out and, uh, and, gra and hold on to it, They'll pick it up uh, uh, when they take up the offering, or, or you can take it to the back and pick up uh, a gift that we have for, for you. Um, let's pray this morning. Father God, I thank you for being an awesome God, a wonderful Savior. We honor you for who you are, for the things that you're starting and the things that you're stopping. We do stand on Psalm 91 and everything that it has, the promises within we stand on your word today, and we love you, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Y'all say it with me. Amen. John 15, 5 through 8 is where we're going to be. You can get there in your Bible. You can follow along up here if you need to. Uh, John 15, 5 through 8. If you're there, say, yo. I am the vine. This is Jesus talking. Look at your neighbor say, this is Jesus talking. Look at your other neighbor say, I like your hair. He says, I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you rem remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory, the gardener, that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples. Amen? The uh, definition of a fruit is simply this, the sweet and flesh, fleshy product of a tree or other plant that contains seed and can be eaten as food. The seed, of course, can be us as a new believer. It can also be a thought that turns into a revelation, that turns into a lifestyle. Uh, a lot of times in life, we get a seed of understanding tithing, and then that grows. We get a seed of understanding how miracles work, and it grows. So it's not always just us that we think of when we think of fruit. Last week, of course, Pastor uh, talked about the, the fruit is at the end of the branch. It talked about how the things that we do day in and day out are our fruit. Great illustration and a, a great sermon. Make sure you go listen to that if you haven't already. Um, the seed, of course, here, it, what, what came? it's kind of the egg and the chicken. What came first? The seed or the fruit. Because it takes both. In order to be a healthy plant life, sustaining over generations, it takes both. Today we're going to talk about how to be a greenhouse 
Uh, we're going to get to that shortly. Today, uh, the message is called The Greenhouse. Um, I know there's some of you that have a super-duper green thumb. Y'all could grow anything in a desert. And there's those of us who do not have that anointing. Uh, y'all don't look at your wife. I've seen you poking your wife. That's you. The difference, of course, is fruit is we're allowed to see a lot of times how it matures. Fruit, we are allowed uh, a, a vision in to see if it turns into good fruit or bad fruit. A seed, a lot of times we never see the result. We never see the result. Uh, seeds are at Walmart, and you're walking down the aisle, and instead of kicking the loud kid, you decide to pray for the loud kid. And you don't know the seed that was planted within that family just because somebody gave them a pat on the back. I'll tell you a story a long time ago. Me and Keith Mitchell, uh, who's coming to do camp, great preacher. We were preaching at a church uh, right inside of Mexico. And uh, there was, you know, it was a youth rally thing. And there were some students there that, you know, just they were just there. You know, that, those kinds, they're just there because their friends are there. Well, the grandmother had, had finally brought this one girl, been trying to get her to come forever, evidently. And the one girl sat in the back all just, you know, down. And I simply walked through and just gave her a pat on the back, said, hey, girls, good to see you. Didn't think nothing of it, moved on. We did the whole night. The next day, your grandmother pulls the pastor aside and said, I don't know what that guy told her. But it saved her life last night. And, and it went on to tell, you know, she'd been battling depression and had said, if anybody gives me attention, I will not kill myself. So with a pat on the back, you can change somebody's life. You do not have to preach at them. You don't have to get to them, preach to them. It, it, it's that simple. So understand, planting seeds is very, very awesome. It's very different than maintaining the tree, but planting seeds is just as important. Oh, and, and, I, and I'll tell you where we get to with this. If y'all want to turn to Luke 10, we're going to read 38 through 42. Luke 10, 38 through 42. awesome story i find myself uh reading this quite often because i think i'm a like a lot of people and we find ourselves being a lot like martha instead of mary if you're there say yo now listen luke 10 38 as jesus and his disciples were on their way he came to the village where a woman named martha opened up her home to him she also had a sister named Mary who sat up at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. She's just chilling. She's doing more I seek you is what she's doing. She's sitting at the, in his lap. She's enjoying the presence of the Savior of the world. But Martha, who was distracted by all the preparations that she had made, she came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care? Some of y'all are in here say, Lord, don't you care that I come in early and I stay late? And, and, and I'm the one that fixes the chairs, and I'm the one that 
that that comes you know early and I, I fix the coffee and I, I pick up things and and I do these little things and nobody's watching. We're in church, don't lie. Some of you are in that place. Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Listen, this is Jesus. Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. I am Martha. Anybody else? I am Martha. I, re I, I finally, finally get these moments of trying to be Mary, but it's only after all my Martha. <laughs> I get this brief little moment. I, 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 you know, oh, Father, you're just awesome. But I've, I've, I've missed three hours because I was too busy Martha. It's a new verb. You need to quit Martha in, in, in. It's a new verb. How often do we find ourselves with every concern, with everything else? I want to tell you something in ministry. It will kick your tail. In your ministry. It will kick your tail. Now, here's the thing about that that so often we overlook is uh, the, uh, let me just, the B word. What? Busy. The B word that we throw around, I am so, I would like to do more, but I am. I know Jesus asked me to do this, but I've been. Busy is a mindset. Oftentimes, the other word that should be used for busy is I got behind because I didn't take care of all the other stuff I was supposed to do. And now I'm trying to catch up. If you want to get it, let's just call it what it is. You, you, we get so caught up in busyness and busyness, busy for the Lord. One of the things I, I, I tell my students and, and try not to be is that overly busy pastor. You know, like, yes, I've got things to do. Of course I've got things to do. But in the same token, we're about people. We're not about projects. Martha was about projects. She had to make sure everything's ready. We have to make sure that this is good and that's, oh my goodness, is that in place? Oh my, oh, oh, oh my, oh, I hope so-and-so showered because they're always stinky. You start worrying about everybody else and you quit worrying about the real thing. Because I guarantee you, Martha was like, you know, we're going to have a party. Jesus is coming. And, and, and she immediately, instead of thinking how awesome it's going to be to get to see and spend time with Jesus, she immediately went to her what-to-do list. Before you walked in this door, come on, hold on. Ooh. 
Before you walked in this door this morning, many of you had a what-to-do list. And you had things, oh, I've got to go see so-and-so. I've got to go hug Heath's neck. I've got to go do this. I've got to do that. First thing, I've got to use the bathroom. I am not going to fault you for that. <laughs> First thing, you know, I've got to go get some gum. I'm not going to fault you for that. But we have these, these little things, these little preconceived things that church, we've got to do to get ready for church. When Jesus is screaming, you are the church. You're home. Relax. The world says do, Jesus said done. The world screams do, and Jesus screams done. And that is the one thing that Martha, not that, I am not, because uh, I am Martha. I, I mean, as, as a pastor, as, as somebody that puts things together, as a leader, there are times in life where you've got to play Martha. No doubt about it. You've got to put things together. I'm not getting on Martha but out of the two, Jesus definitely says, which one should you be? And bottom line is, is if in life, come on, get with me. In life, if whatever job, ministry, outside family, hear me, outside family, I'm not talking about in your house family, outside family, career, church events, church things, ministry things, if it gets in the way of him, it's in the wrong place. Man, I need to be married. Look at your neighbors say, we need more Marys. Now, with that being said, there we've got so many great servants, Andy and Linda. I mean, like uh, Kendall Hopper's great servant. We've got so many people that are just amazed. Kendall, Kendall's just a great servant. The Voorhees is a great servant. So I, I could go down the list of great servants. But if Jesus came to us right now, I think he would say, church, we need some more Marys. We've got Martha's covered. Everybody wants to be a Martha. That's the bad part. Because they see us running things. Come on, get with me. They see us up in front of people doing things. They see us, what they don't understand is the weight that we carry being Martha's when all we've ever been called to be is Mary. Did I say the world says do? And, ooh, golly, that's good. What I, what, what I am telling you to be... Uh, to get yourself prepared, preparing yourself, preparing the environment. The only thing that we should prepare ourselves for is prepare to be in the presence. If that means getting up early, come on. Oh, y'all don't want to talk about that. Y'all will miss church all day long because you got so much to do when realistically, if you'd have just got up a little bit earlier, 
knocked out the stuff you had to do, or at least half of it. And then you're not sitting in your chair going, I got to mow, I got to mow. Weed eating. I can't wait to wash clothes with you. We wash clothes. We wash clothes. A lot of times you catch yourself, you ain't even nowhere near the presence because you're still thinking about the preparation. You can't get into the presence because you're so worried about the preparation. Look at your neighbor and say, this is good. I, I, I'm, I'm in a firm believer that Martha's not a bad person. So do not think that because I am Martha. I think a lot of us have Martha tendencies. Martha's not a bad person. I do think Martha might have been unprepared. I, I think she hadn't washed the dishes. I think, you know, the house was a little unruly. Lazarus has been, you know, acting up for the whole week and... He was in his room, hadn't made his bed. So that, they're brothers and sisters, by the way, so uh, Bible people. <laughs> y'all know, uh, know why Jesus had to call Lazarus by name when he called, called, called him out of the tomb? Because if he didn't, the whole graveside would have come alive. Hey, hey. It had been walking dead up in there. And Rick wouldn't have been there. Nobody would have been there. <laughs> 2 Timothy 4.2. When we're talking about being prepared, be prepared for the presence. 2 Timothy 4.2 says, Preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season. Cor correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. Be ready for the presence. Again, as we saw in John 15, uh, we're quickly going to change, change routes and start talking about the fruit. Uh, Galatians 5.22, if y'all want to turn there. Galatians 5.22 through 23, it's the fruit of the Spirit. Many of you know it by heart, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Again, such things there is no law. Uh, before that, it went into the fruits of the flesh. Notice that it says the fruit of the Spirit is blah, 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 blah. And it goes on to say the acts, the acts of the flesh. Uh, oftentimes, we get caught up in acts over fruit, like Martha and Mary. The acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Understand, we are producing fruit. One way or another, even if you're, you know, just a little sapling, 
you are getting to a point where you are about to be uh, uh, accountable for your fruit. For your fruit. We're going to go over some uh, uh, five ways to how to be a greenhouse. A greenhouse is this. It's a building in which plants are grown that need protection. In most cases, we understand that a greenhouse, the plants, the trees, the whatever that's living in there, in most cases, this will not be their final destination. They will be taken off and planted firmly somewhere else. Just like many of you, 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 you may be in a bad spot right now. You may not have the peace of God, but understand God's not through. Number one, once the seed has been planted and matures, the fun has just began. It is not time to stop. Heaven is coming. One day, heaven will, we get to go to heaven. Don't be so Martha about it that we forget the presence. One thing that God does is he begins to set up guide wires or, God, or, or posts for us to grow. If you plant something, plant a tomato. We'll talk about a tomato plant. If you plant any kind of tree, it needs to know, it needs help which way to grow. If you don't put one, all of a sudden that tree doing this. Bending backwards. Whatever, it needs guide wires. It needs things that help it uh, uh, begin to grow. We need guide wires. We need guide, guide lines. If you know good and well that you have trouble with alcohol, don't be at the club. If you know good and well you've got a problem with lust and, and, and sleeping around and trying to hook up, then don't be at the club on the prowl. If you know you've got a problem with religion, then don't be in a religious setting. Be in a relationship setting. If you know you have issues, then just do common sense stuff. This ain't even spiritual. Common sense stuff that says don't be in that place. Don't put yourself in that situation. I tell our students all the time when they start getting uh, boyfriends and girlfriends and they're worried, you know, this and that, the biggest thing that they have to understand is don't put yourself in that situation. To where a mistake is at hand. Just keep yourself from it. Now, understand, in, in order for that to to be a plant, when that seed starts coming about, there's some must that must happen. A vine must have sunlight, water, nutrients, the right temperature, uh, different environments. Uh, one of the things that we can help with is fertilizer. Now, now fertilizer, uh, one of the best fertilizers is, uh, is poop. So isn't it so like God to turn our mess into a message? He will take the very things that we have failed and not only make it okay, make us stronger because of it. Ooh, that's good. 
That's our God. A lot of times we need fertilizer. We need things that come on that help us. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, you need to sprinkle some Holy Spirit in your life and get those giftings and callings going uh, and, and, and work on what God is, is, is trying to do in you. The vine and the branches need direct access to the sun. Need direct access. They, they, of course, he is the vine. We are the branches. A vine separated from a branch is going to die. We just read that. Common sense stuff. And a vine and its branches need direct access to the spirit. The spirit would be the rain, the soil, everything around it, the, the environment around it, because the spirit's everywhere. The Holy Spirit is everywhere, and it's in us, and it's guiding us. You don't have to sit down. If I planted something right now, I planted this bottle. One thing I don't have to do is if everything is, is right, it, it's in the right situations, in the right ground, it, I've got it in the right conditions, got God, God wires ready for it. The one thing I do not have to do is go, grow! And then get mad when it don't grow. We, well, I just martha this, this bottle is what I just did. I didn't trust the process. So understand, when, when we plant something and when we allow it to have the right nutrients and have the right things, we've got to trust that God's going to be God in you. God planted salvation. He planted the Holy Spirit, and that spirit started growing within you. You have got to begin to trust not yourself, but the God in you. you be, you've got to begin to take some faith steps. Look at your neighbor and say, it's good stuff. I don't like weird pauses, so. The direct access to the rain, uh, the Spirit of God, it would be like having this hose, and I ran this hose out all the way, and the plants are down there, and for some reason, I just, I just kinked the hose. Is that going to help those plants? Dustin and I, I got a word for Dustin. But I never give it to him. Is that going to help Dustin? I've kinked the hose. How many of y'all walking around? Some of y'all so bubbled up because that pressure is just so deep in you because you kinked the hose so many times. We got to get into a lifestyle of, man, you ain't stopping what I got. Because the thing is, that hose and that plant starts to understand that it's going to have to rely, and it gets to where it relies on that hose feeding it life. You are the life to somebody. To somebody. And, and, and sometimes if things are so rough, you, you got to sit a, sit a sprinkler on it. That means you need an accountability partner. You need some people in your life that just, just <laughs> let me call them. Just spray them down. Just keep that water coming. 
because it looks rough. Y'all ever seen that patch in your yard? And you're like, ooh, we're about to lose it. We're about to lose it. Now, you wouldn't dare walk out there with the hose and just go, huh. No, you put, the, you put it over there, and then y'all try to not get hit. Y'all put it right there where it soaks up everything in a flower bed, the same thing. Some of you in your flower beds of life need a soaker hose called the anointing, called the Holy Spirit that does not leave. It stays on. It stays. It keeps you wet. You're so dried up because you don't have the Holy Spirit within you to, to, to wetten up, to vibrant up the things that are dead. And so what happens is once they started dying, then we got to take the next step. And this is where it doesn't get fun. You, you've allowed, number two says, keep the insects and the weeds away. If you get this, you start spraying. When, when the insects start attacking, you start spraying the word. Insects will, don't lick that. <laughs> when the insects of life start spraying their negativity all on you, all on your family, all on your life, you start spraying words of life. When the insects and the weeds start getting up on you and your family, begin to spray it with word. Not your word. The word. Yeah, that's good. Give Jesus a hand clap. And then it keeps going. It keeps going. We're not done. In, in, in a, uh, number three, be willing to let God trim your branches. Now, listen, I've got a few different ones because sometimes some of those branches come off hard and some of them ain't that bad. Sometimes it's just like, you know, like, I, I've been doing okay. I just need to kind of shape up. I'm doing all right. I just, you know, I, I just got to get it, get it, you know, a little bit shaped up where it looks a little bit better. And that's okay. We go through those seasons. Then you go through seasons where, man, it's deep. That thing of the world is deep. You find out that you've been harboring something that went back to your childhood. It's deep. You realize you never forgave a divorce and it's eating you up and causing you divorces. You're realizing that the addiction that, that you dealt with long ago has still not been healed. The things that you held, held on so long ago is still in there. So you got to reach in there to get them. And then you just got the big boys. You got the big boys. This branch... This relationship, come on. This relationship has done nothing but start to turn everything that's on this whole branch brown, and now it's not even fruitful at all, and whatever comes out of it is bad fruit. Nothing good is coming from it. And, and so all of a sudden, you start realizing that even though you may be a, 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 a tree that doesn't look as pretty and doesn't have as many branches, they're at least living. And so you begin to trim away, and you begin to trim away, allow God to trim away. But understand, God can't do nothing until we allow him. There's a big difference there. All, all the time, all the time, we're like, God, fix me. He's like, bruh, trying. 
I've told you three times to break up with that bad relationship. I've told you five times that you're going to do nothing but get in trouble hanging out with that group. I've told you and told you and told you to not buy that vehicle, to not buy that house right now, to not put yourself in more debt, and what do you do? We better be glad he can't just come in and cut stuff because when he does cut stuff, he cuts it. And we've been there in times of life where you're like, I don't know why that ended. You know, you're brokenhearted, a relationship ended, and you're listening to sad music at 2 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> but understand, he did that because you wouldn't. Because remember, the fruit is not ours to enjoy. It's all his. He's a gardener. Which gets us uh, uh, to four. Uh, a fruit tree is that. It's for fruit. It's not for observation. You ever seen a fruit tree that's just hanging down with fruit? It's just nobody's picked it. Nobody's done nothing with it, and it's just hanging down. And then, of course, all of, once part of it starts to go bad, insects get on part of it, then, of course, the whole tree's as good as gone. We aren't just to set out and look uh, uh, and, and looked at or we'll leave all our, our greatness for the world to have and exploit. Our fruit's meant to be used. I want to tell you something. A lemon tree does not expect to produce orange tree, oranges. A lemon tree does not expect to produce oranges. A lot of times we, and, and that goes in ministry too, you'll be like, I'd like to do what, what Damon does or what Mitch does or what Heath does or, or, or these different aspects of life. And, and, and you understand that the callings that we have are made different for a reason. You can ask anybody that knows me and knows me well, they will tell you the world does not need to of that dude. But understand, the world needs you. Anybody had Pittsburgh peaches? Nobody? Great. That's fine. Y'all don't know about them. I'll be the only one to eat them. There is something about the sand, the soil content, chemical makeup over here in Pittsburgh about the way, the, the, the way Pittsburgh peaches grow. Can anybody give me an amen? Thank you, Jesus. We call in a bountiful harvest in that direction. Uh, but there's something because that soil is so good. In this room, today I wanna be a greenhouse of a church whose soil is so good, who allows the sun direct access, that doesn't hinder, that we don't let weeds in, we don't let insects in. The cool thing even about bad fruit that falls is its seed is still worth something. Five, a fruit doesn't have a long shelf life. A fruit does not have a long shelf life. Use your gifts. 
when God tells you to do something, begin to do it. Because if you don't, you mess that up for them. Again, it's not your fruit. It belongs to everybody around. I did a sermon many years ago on, on uh, it's called Alive. And, and, the, and, and a brief illustration of that is, is this. In order to be in nature and called alive, you had to do three things. You had to be uh, able to grow, able to change, and reproduce. As Christians, we, we have to A, always be consistent and steadfast. It's hard to be a tree, a fruit tree that one year's good and the next year's bad. It didn't bear any fruit. The fruit, it, you know, is bad that one year. It's great one year. Be consistent in your life. L, live. Have joy. Grow in joy. Uh, change. Reproduce. To be in means to be a part of, and you are a part of something in this room. V, victorious, feeling victorious and not like a victim. E, excitement, eagerness and growth, and eagerness to, don't, to know more. In this room today, what time is it? Hey, if I could have the, uh, the worship team come up here. In this room today, I feel like there's, different types of people. I feel like there's different types of people. I believe there's, uh, this doesn't have anything to do. I believe there's Marys and there's Marthas in here, obviously. I believe that that uh, uh, there's some fruit trees in here who haven't recognized that they're fruit trees. They're trying to be an oak or they're trying to be uh, some other type of tree when real, uh, real realization is setting in that, yes, you are a fruit tree and you are called to bear fruit. And I also think there's a group of people in here that I will call the comeback kids. And it's kind of funny. It's kind of a, a, a funny reference um, being a young man in, in uh, Texas, um, I loved wrestling growing up. Any, anybody else? All right. And there was this one thing that uh, the guys that didn't raise your hand, I'm going to need your man cards after. Uh, and also quit lying in church. Some of the ladies even, I know. Okay, all right, good deal, good deal. And, and so one of the things that got me pumped up is when you would see the wrestler that you liked it was always a good guy let's just say Hulk Hogan uh remember JYD and he was good anyways Hulk Hogan he would he, he you know he'd be fighting a guy Andre the Giant and Andre's huge and 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 man he'd be beating him up and it's like the world does this sometimes he goes you are not good enough you're worthless you're nothing you are nothing and you'll always be nothing and then Hulk gets a little spark in his eye Y'all know the spark. And Hulk be down. He's just taking those hits. 
Y'all know that look? And he'll do this. Won't he? He'll do. And man, there is nothing that'll get a little eight-year-old dude more pumped up <laughs> than when Hulk started hulking up, man. When Hulk finally realized that he can beat him, and he always needed the crowd. Some of you in this room this morning need the crowd. And we're on your side. We're on your side. Addiction has beat you up. Understand, we're on your side. Understand, divorce has left you uh, brokenhearted or cold. Understand that we're on your side, and we're sitting there going, Zach, 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 Zach. We got your back. And if not, we'll call in the more from the back. Remember when they did that? They'd always have the wrestlers come running in. We need help from the back. I don't care who we got to call in. See, a greenhouse does that. It takes care of its neighbors. It takes care of the trees that are growing next to them. Fathers, listen to me. Those trees that you have sprouted around you, you're not the biggest by chance. A tree provides covering. A tree provides safety. Our God provides a covering and a safety. Y'all stand up where you at. If we could have our ministry.